Time now for the Voice of the Land on the Big Play Network with your hosts, Kevin Arnold and Always Positive Jay. You're watching us on replay because you chose to watch the Cavs game tonight instead of our show as we share it around social media on a Sunday night at 7 o'clock. That's all well and good. If you're watching now on replay, you're going to want to stay tuned because there could be an epic rant coming here in the first segment, but there is only going to be one segment on the Browns post-game show right here on the Big Play Network. We are the voice of land. I'm Kevin Arnold. I am joined virtually by always positive Jay. Still across the table from me, but virtual tonight. He had a, uh, you know, couldn't leave the stove. Un, uh, couldn't take his eyes off the stove. No one else was home. So, Smart, just got a new house, newer house, so uh, you know, don't want to have anything happen to it. So smart of you to burn the house down yet, Kevin. That's uh, that's a smart decision on your part. Uh, <laughs> I, I am looking at you past another computer screen while I do look at you at a, on a computer screen because I am going to be watching the Cavs game. So if anybody else chose to do that, again, more power to you here tonight. And we are joined. I am joined. Almost right next to me, maybe in the same vicinity as me. I don't know. Our producer extraordinaire. Behind the proverbial glass, it is Peter Tellup, or we call him audio. What Jarvis was to Iron Man, audio is to the voice of the land. And we're just going to jump right in tonight here on the voice of the land. You guys know where to follow. If you don't, we'll touch on that going into the, the first break. But, Jay, I mean, prayers, well wishes, I mean... We don't really have any tonight. I think it's just time to just just get it out of the way. It's one segment and done. We are going to fulfill our responsibilities, and then we are going to move on. Browns lose to the Ravens. Another close game. They lose their fourth game in a row. Still look like they can't just – they just cannot play well in close games, and situational football is non-existent out in Berea and at First Energy Stadium, wherever the Browns work on all of these things. The work that they do is non-existent as well. Jay, your thoughts on Browns-Ravens this afternoon losing 23-20. to Well, first off, was it a bad call there at the end? I don't know what the hell that even was. Sure. Is that why you lost? Nope. You lost because of boneheaded play calling once again by this coach. I'm going through these the last like couple of drives on the internet right now. Last time we scored a touchdown, it was a Brissett run, a Chubb run, a Chubb run, one pass that was probably set up by the run, a run by Chubb, a run by Hunt, and a touchdown run by Hunt. See what happened there? Oh, they ran the football. ball, they scored a touchdown. It's re- remarkable, isn't it? I mean, remarkable so let's, let's is one. Let's go to our last drive. Pass incomplete. Run for five. We did get a nice long pass to Donovan Peoples-Jones, which we didn't need there. But at that point, you'd think they'd run the ball. Pass, 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 which was then was supposed to be a touchdown, but Cooper pushed off. Scramble by Brissett. False start. Missed field goal. Do you see the problem here, Kevin? Oh, I absolutely. I mean, I, I always see the problem. With it, I mean, I... there was plenty of time to run the ball on that last drive, and you would think, hey, let's run the ball so we don't give them the ball back because it seems like when we've scored touchdowns, go ahead at the end of these games, the other team just goes back and scores with seven seconds left, and we end up losing. I don't get it, Kevin. 
I don't get it. I don't, I, I don't get it either. Peter, your thoughts? Well, I was fortunate enough uh, to not watch the second half of the game. Uh, my son had their, the Fighting Cardinal marching band had their indoor concert this afternoon. Um, so around, what was it, about 3 o'clock, we were already over at the uh, over at the high school enjoying that. So I, I did uh, check my phone after it was over when it's about, I don't know, less than a minute left. And I saw that we had the ball. And then we were down 23-20, and I, I put my phone back in my pocket, and I said, well, I guess we lost another one. Because I have no faith I have no faith that this team can can do it right now. I mean, the play, like you said, Jay, the, the play calling is terrible. It doesn't make any sense what they're doing. Um, just And from what I saw in the first half of the game, what the hell is going on with their offensive line? Our offensive line looked – Terrible. I mean, just awful. And Brissett was pressured so many times. You know, it, no tackling on our defense. I mean, at least there was some pressure on, you know, there's pressure from our defense. But, man, when Lamar Jackson's running down the sideline, uh-huh. hit him out of bounds. Push him out of bounds. I know he's running along the sideline. Push it, make sure he goes out of bounds because he will just tiptoe that sideline like he did and turn what would have been a two yard gain and going in the fourth down and up first and 10. Because because the guy gives up, he gives up three feet from him, doesn't just shove him out of, line, out of bounds. It's, it's ridiculous. So, guys, all right, Kevin, guys, I don't know, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to say. Much anymore, I'm at you, man. You look so antsy, like you're just ready to go insane right now. I just, I need to get, I just need to get stuff off my chest. And like I said, we're just right doing, we're, we're doing one segment and, and one segment only. This team absolutely has no heart and deser- does not deserve our attention at all. The Guardians deserved our attention. The Cavs deserve our attention. And yeah, the Cavs are are, are playing right now. They're going through their uh, opening night pageantry the you know the national anthem the introductions which uh ahmad crump does an absolutely terrific job at by the way um and yeah there's going to be growing pains for that team because they're working on how they can how they can come together but there is a culture established with the guardians there is a culture established with the Cavs. so now that donovan mitchell is here he is already buying into that there is no culture in Berea, the Browns have none. And why, after time after time after time, every single freaking Sunday and in the offseason, and this is, Jay, trust me, this is not a shot at you by using the word positive because I like you are, you say always positive, Jay, but when you're positive, you do it in the right way. There are people. It's more real life than it is sports because you know we do a sports show and I explain to people they're like, oh, that's not very positive. I'm like, dude, it's just a sports take. It has nothing to do with what I do. Right. Po- positivity on your end is positivity for the betterment of life, for the betterment of things going on around us. Now, I always say at the end of every show, don't let anyone ever tell you it's just a game, and I mean that in the sense that sports is a way of life for me, family, faith, friends. All of that kind of stuff, like real-world stuff, is always going to be above sports. But sports is that highest extra. I'm, you know, 
when I have when Jana and I have kids, like I'm gonna tell them whatever you're passionate about, be passionate about it. Don't let people tell you you can't be. Even if that's you know getting into theater or you want to become a teacher or you want to get into some sort of scientific field, whatever it is, don't let people tell you that your passion doesn't matter. That's what I that's what I mean when I say don't let anyone ever tell you it's just a game. Because sports is that for me. That is the passion that I have, and Cleveland is ingrained in me. That team doesn't care about that. And I know the common cliche of, well, when you start listening to the fans, you end up with them. Guess what? This team has not listened to the fans, and they've still ended up with the fans. Countless times, every single regime. This coaching staff does not know what they're doing. Oh, yeah, the defense kept them in it, and they forced the fumble to give the offense a chance. Guess what? Where was that the rest of the game? Where was that tenacity? Where was that focus? Where was that will, the want, the need to get your offense back on the field when they score? It's not there enough. You're letting guys run. A guy that came back from ACL surgery, and credit to him for the Ravens. They've had too many running backs go down, and I don't wish injury on anybody, but he was supposed to be getting his legs back under him, and you let him run free into the secondary countless times and score two touchdowns on you. Your running back was doing the same thing, if not more. As the game went on, the yardage per carry got better. You gave him an extension. Jay just said it. The drive before to get within three points you ran the football and scored I know Chubb didn't score the touchdown but he was a key piece and the main piece that got you in that scenario to allow Kareem Hunt to come in when Hunt may or Chubb may have needed a break and he got the touchdown Hunt went for seven yards and then the two-yard touchdown because the offensive line and your running game was working you go away from it too often thinking, we got to be cute. We got to pass the ball. And sure, if you want to be one of those overly positive and annoyingly positive Twitter Browns fans, Browns Twitter, which annoys the heck out of me as well, oh, but we got, we got screwed by a call. The offensive pass interference wasn't pass interference. The, the, nobody moved on the offensive line on the field goal kick. Sure. But you're in this situation again because you don't keep your foot on the gas pedal when you need to. You don't stick to what's working. Defense can't tackle anybody, doesn't care. The special teams has been beat to shreds all season long and since this time. Kevin Stefanski ain't that guy. Joe Woods ain't that guy. Mike Prefer, you ain't that guy. Jimmy Haslam, I'm looking at you. D Haslam, I'm looking at you. You, you did this. You did this. And guess what? The scapegoat that everybody went to last season, he's not here, and the same crap is still going on. John Johnson III is talking during the week about guys leaving practice as soon as it ends or maybe early and not doing the extra work. That shouldn't have to be said. You are a professional athlete. Do more than what your job requires. You are getting paid way more money than every average 
living fan, middle class fan will ever be able to see in their lifetime. Yeah, we expect you to put in a little effort, especially in a blue collar town like Cleveland. And I know people don't like to hear that and like, oh, why do you have to have your teams mimic the city? Well, guess what? Two of the three teams do. They put in that extra work. And when things aren't going right, they find a way to fix it. They don't just say, oh, we're not good enough. Oh, we need to be better. I need to be better. I need to put this team in better positions to win. No, they don't talk about it. They go be about it. This team is not about it. And the person that everybody's waiting to come save the day, from a football standpoint, Deshaun Watson is not the only answer. And those that are just touting, having his, you know, getting his jersey and putting pictures up and saying, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see Deshaun Watson play and be at the helm. There are people that don't want to see him because he has issues outside of football that make him not worthy of being the face of this franchise. Jimmy and D, you did that. Andrew Barry, you have put players on this team that just don't care. They sure have seen, shown talent in the past, but they're not talented enough for this team or they just don't put in the work, John Johnson III. All of you need some sort of help, and we need to change things, change something. And that's not a, not a parade, and, and I don't mean to go at a fellow big play personality here, but we're not doing parades. If we're going to do a protest, do a protest. Yes, people have paid for their tickets this year, so you want to try to get your money back and try to sell them, get people at least in the seats. But at some point, we got to stop just giving to them because they're not going to give back to you. They don't care about you. Somehow we have to change it and send a message. Because even though what we say as fans get them in the stands, what we have said as fans and even on shows like this and in the media, we have been more right than any organization since 1999. It is sickening. It is frustrating. And I am over caring about this team. All of you, everybody else, all these fans, you guys get to do whatever you want on Sundays. I only have to watch because it's part of the job responsibilities I was given by my job. So it makes it more frustrating for me. But the fun suckers don't get to suck the fun no more. We have a remedy, and the remedy is just tipping off right now. The remedy will start playing baseball again in March and in April. The Browns should be the third-place team in this town. I know it's a football town, but it should be. We didn't post the poll this week, but the Browns should be the, fourth, the third or fourth-place team in this town, even putting Ohio State above them because we care so much about them they never care about us they never care about doing things the right way they want to do things their way they want to be smarter than everybody else and look what it gets them back to two and five you got a game on monday night great we're going to be on national television next week against joe burrow and that offense that has found an absolute rhythm you're going to get run out of first energy stadium and run straight to the unemployment line heading into the bye week. That's what's going to happen. Boy, that stadium... You know what my nephew said to me? 
What was it, Jay? My nephew was at a birthday party this week, and my nephew goes, Jay, Uncle Jay, Browns lose Sunday. I'm, I'm rooting for the Bengals from now on. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get tortured like you and my dad. I'm like, you can't do that, bro. I mean, you got to go through it like us, but that's what's going to start happening. I'm telling you. And Kevin Stefanski, everyone at first, I heard sports. Oh, his seat's not warm, or he's it's not the hot seat. He's on the hot seat. And he better hope to God that Deshaun Watson is the fire extinguisher to that hot seat. Because if he's not, he's going to be the opposite. He's going to be gas, and he's going to be on fire, and he's going to be gone. Because yeah. if he, if that dude doesn't come here and win almost all his games and just does what everyone's hoping he does, he, he's got no chance. He doesn't. He has no chance. Like everybody said, like he would, you know, he'd be given the year because Deshaun Watson couldn't play most of it, and it'd be kind of a just throwaway year. And whatever you get out of the year, you get. No, he makes too many mistakes when it's situational football near end of games and a team that has lost so many close games this year as an NFL team. If you do things right, if you actually have a culture and you do things right, you have the right people in place. You don't lose a lot of them. You might lose a few because you're going against other teams that also do things right. And they might do a few things more right than you. But it seems like every team, every other team does things right. And if they're going wrong, like the Ravens were late in games, being one of the teams like the Browns, giving up a bunch of points in the fourth quarter against the Browns, it's the get right game. The Browns, it's continue to get wrong games and continue to try to suck the fun out of things. That's over. And with that, with that. We're going, to our, we're going to our first break. That's the end of our Browns conversation here. Yes, I know the Browns postgame show, but the Cavs are playing down seven right now in the first quarter, but just coming off the road and everything. We'll see if they can find a rhythm. Washington playing well. We'll talk about the Cavs and the outlook for the entire season. We're not going to let one game also give us the look of what the Cavs are going to be. We'll recap the Guardians very quickly on the other side of the break, then get into the Cavs and have some fun with actual football talking Buckeyes and maybe a different style of football at the end. This is The Voice of Land right here on the Big Play Network. Whether you're looking to hire new talent or start a new career, Vector Technical has you covered. Vector Technical is a 28-year-old staffing firm that has helped thousands of job seekers advance in their career with reputable partners throughout Northeastern Ohio. Vector Technical is more than just a temp agency. With an above average hire in rate of one in four candidates, Vector works hard to connect the right person with the right opportunity the first time. Vector Technical hires for skilled manufacturing and light industrial work and is sure to have a career that you've been looking for. To learn more, visit our website at www.vectortechnicalinc.com. I'm going to take this moment real briefly to apologize to my co-host here on The Voice Land. I'm Kevin Arnold, apologizing to Always Positive Jay and audio our producer extraordinaire for taking up too much time in that first segment more of the talking time than they got to i feel a lot better now if you missed it i went on an epic browns rant if if not if you're watching on replay i'm sure you've already already seen it or you posted the clip on it and that's all you got to see trust me this this show is a lot more fun than what that last segment was but i think it's also important to explain to everyone or show everyone where our passion truly lies. And if you are passionate about something, whether it is sports or something else, as I said, I will tell my kids, I will tell everybody else out there to just try to give the best advice I can. 
if you are deeply passionate about something, don't tell, don't let people tell you you can't pursue that. Whatever that may be, whatever it is you're passionate about, pursue it. Allow that to be part of your life with the realization there are other things in life that are still more important, like family, faith, friends, things of that nature. On that note... I always explain to kids, like, if you're going to do something, strive, strive to be the best at it. You might not become the best at it, but strive to always be the best at it. And if you do become the best at it, keep striving to stay there because you've got to know that the people behind you are going to come for you and they are going to be doing the same thing you did to get there in the first place. Yeah, and right now, in terms of the game of basketball, Washington Wizards are definitely doing that a lot better than the Cleveland Cavaliers. They are down 13-3. to That's three. all right. That's how the game started last yesterday, too, though. Yeah, I, somehow Christoph Porzingis has found a, a home in Washington and revived whatever was left of Bradley Beal and Kuzma, uh, whatever, it, you know. It's early in the season. We'll get into why, you know, even if they were, I'm not saying they're going to, even if they were to lose one game tonight, that doesn't tell the whole story and why it's actually more important for this team to kind of go through some growing pains going forward. We'll explain that a little bit. A team that did go through growing pains, though, this year, here on The Voice and Land, your Browns postgame show, but only focusing on them no more here tonight. We are brought to you by Vector Technical, by the way, as you guys saw in the last break. They'll get the right person, the right job the first time. Totally forgot about that. My mind was so focused on the rant. I kind of missed on that. <laughs> also, I will also send apologies to our sponsor, Vector Technical. We thank you so much for continuing to sponsor us and support us throughout this journey of this show and trying to bring something different to the people. But, Jay, the Guardians going through their gro growing pains, they lose in, in game five, five games to the Yankees who – can't hit the broadside of a barn now, which is kind of fun to see. It unfortunately, it's against the Astros. Forty-one strikeouts in three games, but the Yankees did get the better of us. They win their home game five to one in Game Five. Guardians go home, but not a lot. It, it's okay to feel disappointed by it, but there's also people need to understand, like feel the hope, feel the feel the energy. Nothing's ever guaranteed. But this young team has some years now to really, really try to do something and learn from losing in the playoffs. Oh, totally. I mean, one, they weren't even supposed to win a division, yet they did that. So they overseeded there. And I was just hoping they'd win their first uh, series, which they did. But taking New York to game five and going to New York in a game five situation is just invaluable experience that it's going to be amazing for those young kids coming up and I cannot wait to see what they do next year I'm going to always say that I hope they spend money in the offseason and maybe with this new minority owner they will and that they see that we have a young squad it just needs a little maybe a, a veteran hitter and we'll see what Austin Hedges does in the offseason he's a free agency free agent so future is unbelievably bright for that baseball team man and, and audio, one of your favorite sports, of course, when we really get into these conversations, is is baseball. We talk a lot of Buckeyes. We talk a lot of, a lot of baseball. And, you know, to see the Guardians do what they did this year, not expected to win the, win the division, like Jay said. They do win the division. They win it going away, win that wild card series. They push the Yankees, who 
a big discrepancy in payroll, you have to you have to feel. Of course, you always hate it when your team loses, but you have to you have to feel that sense of sense of pride and excitement for what is to come or what they can be moving forward. Oh, definitely. I mean, here's the thing: is I thought they were going to do well this year, and yes, the, and you like to tell us that. Every I time. like to tell you that. Every, well, I. <laughs> Like, I don't know if I mentioned it on this show, but uh, on the Bet Jack Training Camp app, they should uh, sponsor us. By the way, uh, I do the yeah, I do the can you know, work on that for us. Yeah, right. I do the you know they have the um, tokens you can bet. Yeah, and back in I believe it was July, I put some Bet Jack tokens that the Guardians would win the Central, so that cashed out for me. That's about one of the only bets I've done on the app that's <laughs> cashed out for me because I am terrible at betting. But I had faith that, you know, I thought this is a young team. I thought they were going to do well. The I was disappointed that they fell to the to the Stankies. I hate I hate I hate them uh, with a passion. And one of my greatest joys I think in life is when we beat them in the playoffs because it's so nice to send them home. Yeah. So, the, you know, the fact it was such an exciting time, that Sunday night game here in Cleveland, it was, a, it was just a shame that they couldn't, uh, they couldn't bring it in. And, uh, yeah, that, that just it hurt, but I'm looking forward to next year. The nice thing is this is not a team where we have a bunch of guys on one-year contracts that, are, that we brought in to try and win it all this year. This is a young team. Mm-hmm. Frank Kona says he's going to be back again next year. Uh, Godspeed. I hope his health, you know, is stays well. You know, everything's yeah. good there because he is a hell of a manager. We are fortunate to have him. It's an exciting team. I'm looking forward to next year already. Um, yeah, it, it's – there's – I don't see, you know – I will be disappointed if we don't go farther next year. Because now I, now I really expect it because I've seen what this team can do. Yeah, and we all know what happens when the Guardians uh, do things where we don't expect them to do that, like what the next year looks like. And right. the, the, not just us, but the, the national pundits with their, their high expectations. And you go to the Sports Illustrated of the world, you go to uh, Bleacher Report, all of their you know baseball experts when they're picking who – they think is going to win the World Series after a year like this year, you might see Cleveland's name mentioned in that. And yeah, it'll be disappointing if they don't go further because when you, um, when you, one of our friends of the show, Emmett Golden, always says you gotta you gotta go to the dance and lose before you can go to the dance and win. And I think this year, feeling that Game Five loss as much as it sucked and. We can talk about conspiracy theories with the Yankees kind of getting game five pushed back a day, all, all of these other things, whatever. They lost. The Yankees moved on. They earned it. They're kind of getting their own dose of that medicine now because they're complaining about a roof not being open in Houston, and then you come home to your ballpark that already has an open roof that you're used to, and you're still striking out. 11 times in a game. You did 30 times in Houston, averaging 15 a game. Then you come home, you, you strike out 11 times, you go down 3-0. Uh, shout out to the Philadelphia Phillies who made it into the World Series. They beat the San Diego Padres in 
five games today. I think that the Yankees Astros game four is in in a delay, but the Guardians, it's of course it's going to be based on injuries or you know all of these other factors. Baseball is such a long year, and that's one of those sports where hey, if they don't start the best, just like in basketball, if you don't start the best, it's a long season. You want you want your team to maybe not necessarily struggle mightily, but you want them to kind of go through those growing pains early so that they're at their best late. That's what this Guardians team kind of did. They, they shined early, but there were growing pains. They would go up about eight or ten games above 500, then they would drop back down, maybe even under 500. This young team started to learn, and then by the time September came around, they absolutely destroyed the Twins. They destroyed the White Sox and won their division. The crumbling White Sox. The crumbling White Sox. Yeah, Elvis <laughs> Andrews. Stupid God, Elvis Andrews. That, I love that. I, I, I just really enjoyed that. I know. As soon as you said that, it was the opposite of what he said was going to happen. We already And I already went on my rant. So, you know, Elvis Andrews is long gone in the, in the rearview mirror, but... You know, again, injuries, knock on wood, can always determine a season, too. Do you guys think, real quick, do you think there will be any sort of movement to bring in that bat, that DH, to kind of add that home run pop? Because I feel like having that threat from another person, especially in that DH cleanup role, with how this team plays baseball the right way and plays small ball, having that home run punch a little bit as well to add in, I think would just go take this team a lot further. And we saw how, how crucial home runs still are in the new age of baseball in the Yankee series. Will this team early prediction now we'll, we'll revisit this as the off season goes on Jay, your thoughts as of right now, first instinct guardians by a bat. Yes or no. Um, the one I want, no. Will they get someone? Yeah. <laughs> well, they never really get the guy I want, though. They're not going to spend that much for guys like that we want. But I hopefully get someone that's pretty productive. If not, they do have some awesome prospects that they could still call up. Like, what if Bo Naylor does what he's supposed to do and he's catching for us? Yeah. That's that's a huge boost in the offense, man. Yeah, and you still have, um, you know, I'm not, I, for some reason the name is escaping right now, but there are a couple, um, there are still a couple prospects down in the minors that, you know, are kind of have that home run pop, have that spectacular baseball player element to them. But I think that they're just going to be more players that do what this team does. Like all of their prospects, all of their minor league teams, they just, they do the same thing. They're They're trying to, continue to bring that culture all the way through the minor leagues. So when you get up to the big leagues, these guys weren't Oscar Gonzalez, Steven Kwan, um, Gabriel Arias, Richie Palacios. It was a great pinch hitter for this team this year. These young guys that made their debut, they weren't, they weren't deer in the headlights until the lights became brightest in New York. I think we did see that element, but that's to be expected and not to be too far criticized. But most of the year, there's a big gap between AAA and the big leagues. These guys didn't play like it because their their expectations of them coming through the minor leagues is the same as when you get with Terry Francona. And it is so great, like you said, Peter, to see Terry say, you know what, I'm coming back for another year because this young team energized him, gave him 
some youthful energy as well. I had a feeling he was going to say that, but you would have understood if he stepped away because of thinking about his health and how long he's done this. Boy, one more year with Terry and this team. They play for him. They all play for each other. I'm excited for March and April. I'm also excited for right now in October all the way through April. And, yes, again, the game isn't going a great way right now. It's uh, Cavs are in a timeout. Down six. down six in the first quarter, having some struggles, turning the ball over right now, coming off the road again. They had their opening night on Wednesday in Toronto, lose a what felt like a playoff series or a playoff game in Toronto. Then you absolutely destroy the Chicago Bulls last night. You, back to back, you got to travel. Some weary legs to, to be expected, but uh, you still expect more out of this team. What can this team really be this year? We'll kind of give more of a preview of them on the other side of this break. Yes, this is a Browns postgame show on the Big Play Network, but it is just an all-around Cleveland, Ohio sports show here tonight. This is The Voice of the Land on the Big Play Network. Are you struggling to hire the right talent or maybe even find the right career? Vector Technical makes it easy. Since 1992, Vector has provided Ohio employers with a reliable process for hiring and have helped thousands of job seekers advance in their careers. Vector Technical is more than just a temp agency. We invest time to get to know each client and candidate personally. Vector places people in job opportunities that they are truly excited about. Interested in learning more? Visit our website at www.vectortechnicalinc.com to see a full list of our current job opportunities and to find out what Vector Technical can offer you. Get your gear at voiceoftheland.com forward slash shop. Welcome back to the Voice of the Land here on the Big Play Network. Usually your Browns post-game show tonight. We're kind of Browns post-game show slash Cavs in-game entertainment. If you got us on one device and Cavs on another, great. Uh, if you're like Jay and the Bally Sports app is not working as they kind of work out the kinks with Bally Sports Plus. Sorry to hear that, but thank you for choosing us to then fill the time. If you're watching us on replay or listening on the audio as you kind of do throughout the week on Google, Spotify, or Apple, Thank you again for tuning in, and, and again, hopefully I didn't blow out your eardrums during my rant in the first segment. If you just skipped ahead to this segment and you're wondering, what? Big epic rant? What is that? Go on back to the first segment or check out our YouTube channel, at Voiceland Podcast. Make sure you subscribe there. I'm sure we'll have a clip of that and uh, our, our great uh, video clip operator donovan will be probably putting that together here uh, on sunday nights and we'll be getting that up throughout the week we went to break kind of teasing talking about the Cavs. they are down five right now in the first quarter about two minutes left on my screen if everybody else is ahead i'm sorry you probably already know what's going on i just watched robin lopez hook again this <laughs> absolute i don't know how it keeps working he worked on it in his driveway they talked about on valley sports like last night future. Huh? in the future right now i feel like i'm in the future like i know what's going to happen before you do all right well don't tell me because i am still keeping an eye on it if i it's taking my the attention right that's all i'll tell you well that's that's great i you know that kind of tells me a lot with how the game started so um you know kind of a spoiler kind of not i appreciate you giving a, a subtle spoiler jay this team though um, we saw a young up-and-coming team do more than everybody expected it to last year and they took a big swing and they made the trade 
Colin Sexton, the main piece in the trade to get Donovan Mitchell. And Donovan Mitchell has delivered with Darius Garland suffering that, uh, that eye injury in, in the opening game against Toronto. Oh, did he ever deliver, man? He, what are you, first guy ever for our team to hit those first two games, 30-plus? Yeah, you see. <laughs> I told you the future was bright. <laughs> Take the lead. Let's go. This team is – I love this team so much. All right, keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, they, I mean, what they did last year is pretty much what the Guardians did this year. They just totally overexceeded expectations, came out of nowhere, and I, like I said last year, and I'll continue saying it, if they didn't have all those injuries and they would have just stayed healthy, they could have taken anyone in that East. I was not very afraid of the East last year. You know, everyone else says they were like, the East is so good and so much better than the West. It felt like there's a lot of really, really good teams in the East, but the super elite, like how the Warriors are, are still in the West. They, they still, it's still the Warriors. They're the beyond elite. But, yeah, I think this Cavs team has an extremely bright future. They if they, they could win it this year for sure. Like, I, they're young. Will they? Probably not. But they can make a good run in the playoffs. But they do have a chance to get at least to a championship. This team is stacked right now. I mean, look at Osmond. Seti Osmond is just doing awesome this year. And it felt like every year this guy progressed a little more, a little more, a little more. And what I want to see him this year is just be consistent and not that up and down kind of seasons he's been having. If he could stay working, do what he's doing, and when we get uh, Garland back, this team, the, the possibilities are unreal. And I think the biggest thing to remember, not that Garland's out, there's so much time left in the season. Like we're in, we're in October and we're, we're on game three games are going to go through April. Like, I mean, we still have a good chunk of the calendar to get through this year. And then into the like first three and a half months of next year is how long the regular season goes. I think all three of us can agree that the expectations for this team this year have to be you have to get into um, playoff series. Like, not not the playing you have to be in, like, at least the second round. And I'm not saying that we don't expect more out of them. And if depending on how they play, I'm sure, just like the Guardians, if they continue to play well and they have a pretty good regular season, those expectations are going to raise. And then you get through the first round of the playoffs, then the expectations raise. It's because we want to see a winner. What you love about this team, and as I'm watching watching the game, and I, again, I'm, I know I'm behind some people, down one at, after the first quarter, but you were down 10 or so in this first quarter, and you, and you come back. Darius is there, and he's having to wear sunglasses because all the bright lights, and again, it's opening night. Cavs put on a great show for their fans when you're in the, in the arena. You know, there's still some sensitivity in that eye, and that's why they're saying that he was going to be out tonight, and they're trying, they're hoping for end of the week maybe he's back in there and wearing some protective goggles. But he's getting up, and he's like the biggest cheerleader. He doesn't get to play, but he's loving the lobs and the three-point baskets and everybody kind of just cheering, and it's only the first quarter. Like, usually you see that with good teams when you get into the later stages of a game. Late third quarter, into the fourth quarter, the team starts to get into it. It's a close game. Both teams' benches are getting up. This is one of those teams that is up with each other, celebrating, helping, uh, calling things out from the bench, talking on the floor, working on things, knowing 
when things aren't going right, we got to fix something, and they actually go ahead and do it. That's what represents Cleveland. The Guardians were the same way. Like, they were all about each other. They didn't care that Oscar Gonzalez came up, listened to SpongeBob SquarePants playing on the loudspeakers. He comes up and hits a home run. Or Stephen Kwan comes up and, and does something big. Jose Ramirez comes up, does something big. Josh Naylor. It didn't matter. All they wanted was the team to win. It didn't matter who did it in the end. It's the same thing with this team. Yes, is Donovan Mitchell the key, the key piece, the main piece, the go-to piece when things aren't working? Yes. I think there are a couple other guys that can do that on this team now, and that's what makes you a deep team. But this team also plays for each other and that's what this city is about like we're for each other if you're for Cleveland if you say I want to be here I want to stay here you hear your friends say that you're all excited you hear one of your favorite players on one of your favorite teams say that you're all about it and they live to that mantra they just they do that every night you see it you don't just hear that they're gonna do it you see that they're doing it and I love that you brought up uh, Chetty Osman Jay because Every team needs an X factor and he struggled early on. And yeah, he was taking pictures with LeBron and KD and you know, the piece that didn't fit in these summer workouts. LeBron saw it in him, dude. LeBron saw what he kind did. of player that he can be. Cause I mean, I always liked him. Me and me and Emmett are like the biggest SETI uh, fans that are, but he just, he works his ass off and it, you're, it's showing, man. It's really showing this year. I just hope he keeps up with this. And, yeah, he'll go through his struggle just like everybody else does. I mean, you know, shooting from the floor is kind of like hitting in baseball, just shooting at a higher percentage. You know, there's going to be there's gonna be games where guys go through stretches where they're just they're not hitting. They can't the, – the basket feels so small to them. Other stretches, it's going to feel so big. And, again, what's so big about Chetty and what I'm starting to see from Karis LeVert with this team after, you know, coming in, traded last year – Thought he was going to be one of those scores that can go get his own. I'm seeing guys that are playing a role, learning what their role is and doing it, not caring if they get all the praise or not, or if they're, you know, not sulking. It's about winning. It's about winning, not sulking on a bench because you're not getting the, what you think you should be getting, what you deserve. No, go out there and earn it, and until that point, until you have, do what you are best at and do what helps the team win, and that's what Karis LeVert is doing. That's what Chetty Osmond is doing. He's making the extra pass, and that's what's showing me exactly what you're talking about, Kevin. That's what Kevin Love is doing. Kevin Love was a starter and one of the main three when we said we got our big three when LeBron came back. When we made the trade, we traded Andrew Wiggins away, and we got Kevin Love from Minnesota. He knows he's not at that point of his career anymore. He's willing to come off the bench. He doesn't have this big ego where he can't come off the bench. He comes off the bench. He brings energy. He gets rebounds. He takes charges. Guys that that were kind of touted as a big-time player like Kevin Love was aren't the type of players that are getting in there all the time. And you know that they're not that type of guy when they don't take those kind of charges. They don't make the extra pass. They don't do the energy stuff. LeBron's done that his whole career. Now, you bring LeBron into your team, that's an exception to every rule. Still at year 20, he's still going to be a starter. He's still going to be a main piece of your team. The reason why the Lakers suck is because they don't have guys that know and can actually play a role and can shoot the basketball. 
the Cavs are building a team the right way, and I think they've learned from two two rounds through LeBron and having and and having guys that you know maybe at the end of their career can do just very little. They're getting guys younger in their career and can do the little things. I'm seeing guys diving on the floor. It's game three. Like, that <laughs> is what you want to see. Whether you win or lose, winning teams are built by doing the little things, and that's what the Cavs are doing. That's what the Guardians are doing. I, I think, like I said earlier, all of us agree, a couple playoff series, though, has to be the expectation hey, for this team, right? I got a question right? for you guys. Yeah. After last season, before we had Donovan Mitchell, what was your expectations for this season? It was to get into a playoff series, not to be in a play-in spot, to yeah. have the young guys take the next step. Yeah, same. That's why I'm telling you. I, I truly believe this team, they, they jumped a step once they picked up Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell's been in the playoffs. He knows what it takes to win playoff basketball games. And you're like... I was ecstatic when we got the dude. Like, I've always been a huge fan. Anytime he was on national TV and I got a chance to watch it and he wasn't going on at, like, 12 o'clock at night because he plays in Utah, I love to watch him. I love seeing his highlights on SportsCenter. Like, the dude just makes everything seem so effortlessly. I mean, Kevin, that overhand two-hand pass to Okoro the other day, like, how beautiful is that? I mean, you saw you saw me tweet, right? Like, that, ba- that bounce pass, though, like, you know, those are the types. I mean, of- I stood up out of my couch, I'm like, oh, let's go. <laughs> those are the types of things that get me jacked up. But again, a guy that everybody said was a volume scorer and just gonna shoot and was, you know, kind of destroyed what Utah was trying to do. You know, he hasn't done that right now. Again, we're only three games in. You know, if things start to go, you know, lose a couple games in a row, like what you start to see in when. Things become most difficult. You see who people truly are. But what J.B. Bickerstaff and this coaching staff has built, this organization has tried to build and promote to this young core and and bring as a basketball team to Cleveland is you better be on board. You better be doing the little things. And it just makes things so much more fun because they're all willing to hang out with each other and have a lot of fun. That's what you loved about the Cavs when LeBron was here, actually. When you heard the uh, that podcast with uh, Ellie Clifton and Richard uh, and, and LeBron sometimes, Kyrie sometimes, like you liked hearing the fun that they were having on the plane and the, you know, the little things. That kind of team chemistry, I don't think people ever realize how important that is, but it is. And the Cavs are doing that. And they're playing another good team tonight. The East is loaded this year, so it's not going to be easy. Each night is not going to be easy. You got to bring your A game, and there's going to be nights where maybe they don't, the other team does, or the Cavs do, and the other team doesn't. One game isn't going to define this team. It's, what's going to define this team is is what they build and how they do get better each and every single day out on the floor. With that, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk a little Buckeye football on the other side. I, I need to feel good about football at the same time as, as much as I feel great because basketball is my sport. Baseball is my sport. And those things went well or going well this year. I got to feel good about American football. Feel good about European football this week as well. Maybe touch on that as well. One final time, this is the Voice of Land on the Big Play Network. Are you looking for a career in manufacturing? Vector Technical has you covered. 
Vector Technical is a 28-year-old staffing firm that has partnered with some of the biggest and the best companies throughout Northeastern Ohio. The recruiters at Vector Technical will coach you through the entire job process and will help you land an opportunity that you are truly excited about. Vector does not add any additional fees and offers benefits as well as free online skills training through Penn Foster. To learn more, visit www.vectortechnicalinc.com and make sure to check out our job board to see a full list of our current opportunities and apply. Welcome back one final time to your Browns post-game show, Cavs in-game entertainment show for the Big Play Network. Really, the show that won't suck the fun out of your Sunday. That is the voice of land here on the Big Play Network. Kevin Arnold, always positive, Jay, and audio producer extraordinaire. Final segment, and I think we, we haven't done it enough on this show just because we are you know, the Browns post-game show, but we have four segments. We should be talking about four teams. And maybe sometimes, Peter said it in a break, maybe the, the crunch should be even higher than the Browns right now in this town. But one team that I know, while it's not easy to explain why all of us are Ohio State fans and we're brought up to be Ohio State fans whether we go to the school or not, we are Ohio. A lot of us are Ohio State fans, football, basketball, all the sports, but mainly the crux of it is the football season. The Buckeyes didn't look good on Saturday and still won by like 40. I beat Iowa, who had all I heard all game from Joel Klatt was, boy, this defense really playing well. They, they hold the Buckeyes to another field goal. Well, their offense kind of sucks, and the Buckeyes are still kind of doing what they need to to this team. And their defense isn't playing as bad either. either. Yeah. It took until like midway through the fourth quarter for Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt to talk about the Buckeye defense. But then they also said, but we don't know what they are because they're, they face bad teams. They haven't faced a team over 500 but, yet. Yeah, I saw that. Like, the Buckeyes are, are, are talented. They got another big game this week against Penn State. Okay, you get your test on the road against the fi over 500 team. Jay, I, the Buckeyes are, are fun. Like, if you want to watch actual football, High school football in this area and Ohio State football right now, or at least even college football, there's been fun, some fun storylines. That's where it's kind of still pure a little bit, and it, it's been fun to watch that football this year. Well, yeah, if, you like to, if you're a fan of the Buckeyes, you like to watch and just destroy teams. I don't care. Like, those are fun to me. But, like, like the Browns, if you were just an outside watcher, like, not caring for rooting teams, like, they sure are entertaining. We just get heartbroken at the end every single time. The Buckeyes don't do that to us. They just they let you kind of cruise and have a nice, easy-going Saturday, and they've just been stomping people right now and, and from every which way. I mean, and I saw all the people. I, I Are you guys, like, I know, Peter, you don't tweet a lot, but, Jay, are you, are you a big-time live in-game tweeter? I'm only trying to do it during the Browns games now, but no, I normally don't. To try to generate more. Because I don't read tweets during games. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I need to stop doing that too. But I am not. I am not an in-game tweeter. Like I'm not a live tweeter of games. If there's a big play or something, like last night, I, I tweeted out a, a couple reactions to a couple Cavs plays just because, like, whew, eyes, head exploding. Um, 
And like I'll tweet when I'm watching a European football or, or soccer for my Or when I send you some dude doing some insanely crazy thing oh, with dude. the soccer ball. Everybody go like if if you haven't follow at always positive J and go scrolling through because he, and I, I know he tagged me in it as well. The the absolute freestyle soccer juggler, the 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 things this guy is doing. First off, and I'll just set the stage. Then he did it without to do it without a soccer ball. I can't even do. <laughs> I, I know. I'm the pole. I'm like I couldn't do that. I know. Uh, trust me. Like to set the stage, this guy is is juggling a soccer ball on a very you know decent platform on top of a post like enough for him to stand on it but there ain't much room around him and there's a lot of uh, area to fall off into and go far down um if he did fall off and made one wrong move and then it just it, it just escalates from there like it is it is fantastic i appreciate you tagging me in that tweet because that also helped make my uh make my saturday but like like I was saying, live tweeting, like I'll tweet about some goals if I get a chance to see United or if they're on a platform that I can actually watch them on, have an account on. I can't watch them all the time watching uh, Premier League soccer. But I'm not a big live tweeter. Like I'll give you my thoughts after because I need to see the whole story. Just like in this Buckeye game, there's so many people live tweeting and, and frustrated and i don't always agree with uh adam the bull who used to be on 92.3 now has the ultimate uh cleveland sports show weekdays i think on youtube he kind of said it best like every this is why i don't like college football because people are just tweeting about how how bad the buckeyes are and yet they're beating iowa's ass like i actually disagreed with them on twitter (laughs) i was like dude i mean if if twitter's ruining your college football day that's your problem for reading Twitter. Right. Like, college football is great. It's Twitter. If you're reading Twitter, you're ruining it for yourself. You're, mm-hmm. He was making it sound like it was college football's fault. And I'm like, it has nothing to do with college football. Just stop reading Twitter. Right. Like, it, you know, yeah, he was probably taking it to an extreme. Like, he's letting it ruin his day or ruin his experience or his thoughts on college football. What I agreed with is, like, it's a little ridiculous, like, how – how extreme people were getting like, Oh my gosh, this Buckeye team sucks. TJ Stroud. Um, and again, OG of the show. And I don't mean to, don't mean to call him out. I guess I'm going to call him out shot or not as (laughs) as they say on ECT and ESPN Cleveland. But you know, he has, uh, Nick Paulus, one of the original hosts of the show said CJ Stroud's Heisman, Heisman candidacy. And he puts a gift from, what was it? The Simpsons of a, kid rolling down the stairs like absolutely like <laughs> flailing down the stairs like guess what he still had close to 300 yards uh three touchdown passes or something like that marvin harrison four, four touchdown passes excuse me one interception so that touchdown interception Wait, ratio continues to grow the same nick paulus that called out fans for overreacting overreacting on twitter yeah. That's, they wanted to fire all the coaches four weeks ago from the you browns said that, that i didn't guy, say that <laughs> i don't work with them <laughs> You said that. I didn't well, say see, that. I ain't is, getting into I that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad. Actually. Hey, he wants to come on here and debate. He's more than welcome to come on here and debate there, whatever he wants. There you go. Me, but I'm, I'm he glad. He me off when he said that. I'm getting annoyed with people trying to <laughs> constantly call fans like, dude, Twitter is not the fan base. <laughs> no. So people no. need to stop with that crap. No. Look, Browns fans are toxic. No, you're just reading the toxic people on Twitter. 
It's right. like most people don't even tweet. They just read stuff. It's clearly not because I have duped um, a couple like show hosts on some of the radio stations a few times. But like, you know, when I was a fan and not working at one, sending in a tweet and then they were like, do this bit of trying to guess, like, is this a real tweet or a fake tweet? And I'd sent something in about, you know, like the Indians name change when it was still kind of being talked about, mm-hmm. wasn't fully in. And, you know, like the, the host said, this tweet is too sensible. There's no way. This has got to be a fake tweet. And no, like, so I don't get many likes and I don't care. Like, I don't care that I don't go viral on Twitter. I just use it to get some thoughts out because we don't do the show every night or every day. Right. And then and go from there. But that, that, well, that's one of the problems with Twitter, right, is that it's, a, it's this whole, like, circle of just spouting out a lot of crap because the most insane stuff you can say gets people fired up and then they retweet it because it's like like i used to listen to mike trivisano on tam rest rest in peace peace. honestly like prayers and and condolences still to his family and i liked listening to him but there were times when he would drive me absolutely insane because the stuff he was saying was so freaking stupid and then i realized he's just screwing with you yeah because he'll go on there and he'll say the dumbest thing because people get fired up and they call in and they t- they text into the show and they're like yeah well, you're a moron and he just he just ate it up ate it up yep. ate it up and that's all and twitter's like that but for everybody yeah. everyone that wants to be twitter famous they just they throw it out there and craziness and it's like i don't know what you're doing <laughs> I, he, he, are you I'm celebrating just, the game or i'm celebrating the game yeah <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh, I'm going doing? on a Twitter what rant, and he's, he's watching the game. He's, yeah. I, I'm I listening to you, though, like, <laughs> and, and I totally agree. Like, there's definitely people that will bait you. Like, there's, oh, yeah. there, people have used Twitter or their platform, whatever it might be, to bait other people. And maybe I'm, be, maybe I'm taking a bait on people live-tweeting the game. I just, I just think it's ridiculous that, you know, in a game like that with Ohio State, trying to, you know, people thinking, like, oh, my gosh, the world's cr- crumbling down. Like, this team can't win. You're still beating Iowa. Like, yes, Iowa got a fumble recovery and ran it back for a touchdown. Right. That was their only touchdown in the game. The defense gave up only three points. Your offense alone scored uh, 47 points because like, the defense got a touchdown to, to keep things rolling in the first half. <laughs> offense picks it up in the second half. Yeah. You still score 47. It's like the fifth or six, like whatever it's however many games I'm, in a row they've scored 40 points or more i'm glad and i'm kind of glad what i was going to say before so i'm kind of glad that they they had this game against iowa iowa does have a tough defense and and yeah we saw some issues mm-hmm. we also saw in the second half that a, a lot of corrections yeah. and i'll tell you what oh. i rather i rather have that happen this week against iowa before we go into Happy Valley next week and face yeah. Penn State, because you know Penn State is going to be schemed mm. and coached up for this game, and they have Penn State has a lot of talent. Every year they have a lot of talent. They do. They got a lot of fast guys. Um, you know, Sh- Sean Clifford, their quarterback, the fifth year senior, the mm-hmm. however extra many year senior. Um, you know, definitely has that team rolling. They got beat by the team up north, but. They're still a really Definitely good team. Don't ever read Twitter during the Buckeyes games, guys. Oh, don't. I mean, it was. I won't. Don't worry about that. It was. It was just like this show. We did like one moment on the Browns and went away. I did one moment of reading tweets and went away. But it was just. It was enough to just at least bring it up on the show tonight. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I was glad. That, I mean, if you sat there and you just read Buckeyes Twitter, 
And I was like, guess the score of the game. You thought they would have lost. Oh, and it's 54 to 10. Like, oh, we yeah, had, like, trust me, I did. We did it right at the apartment. Uh, my beautiful and amazing wife, Jan, and I did it right. She put up her computer. We had YouTube TV, two screens brought up, kind of put the HDMI, HDMI cord into the TV. We had, at one point, I couldn't stand listening to Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt announce the game. Not that I don't respect what they do and think that they're really good at what they do, because they do, and Joel Klatt knows exactly what he's talking about. Gus Johnson is one of the best guys out there as a play-by-play man just the way they were talking it seemed like the Buckeyes were losing like you just said Jay so we put that on mute we had uh, uh YouTube TV uh, the NBC affiliate up watching Man United play against Chelsea great goal by Casemiro to tie it up at the end to get a steal a point away from their rivals on the road after beating Emmett Golden's team the top, Tottenham Hotspurs at home 2-0 on Wednesday they beat Chelsea. no they tied Chelsea they tied Chelsea but they get a like they stay in the hunt for that that top four. You want to be in the top four because then you get to the ultimate, you get to the UEFA Champions League, and that is the ultimate tournament of European club teams each year. You got to be in the top four of the Premier League to make it in the next year. Last year they were not. They are playing in the lower tier competition known as the Europa League. You're Man United. You are one of the best teams. You are one of the. Uh, staple teams of the English Premier Premier League and club soccer around the world, you better be in the UEFA Champions League year in and year out. If not, that coach should be gone. The players need to be changed, all of those kind of things. It's not – you don't get to stay around very long either in that league. People don't don't take it. Hey, Terry Francona's at the Cavs game tonight too. Sorry to just – you know, kind of give that. But, uh, you know, Terry – You want to talk some more soccer. um, I mean, we'll talk – Riz just picked – Picked a team. He picked Liverpool, correct? Yeah, they got beat. <laughs> so right now, I'm choosing either Chelsea, just because they are the, as you said, the big rival against Man City, who is just no, they're the rival the team against that buys them. no, they're the rival against us, against Man oh, United. Who's the rival against Man City then? I don't know what who's really considered the rival. I mean, some people may say that Man United, Man City is more of a rivalry because it's a it's a it's a city rivalry. It's a, like a community rivalry. But Man United Chelsea feels it always feels much bigger. I, and it might be like Man City's just on a whole other level too. Erling Erling Holland, the the Dutchman that is well, not the Dutchman. I think he's like from like Finland or something. Their country's not even in the World Cup, so he's gonna get a break during the World Cup while his other players are, you know, <laughs> continuing to play. And then they gotta go pl- back and play club soccer. This guy is. On a tear, already has 17 goals in the first few weeks of the Premier League. Jeez. Came over from the German League, the Bundesliga, which is their top league over there. Man City is the Yankees of they truly have become like the super Yankees, the 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 super soldier serum version of what the well, Yankees are. I don't are. like them already. Yeah, they, like they, I immediately they, didn't like them as soon as you told yeah. me that. So I was like, well, who's the rival? I want to see who their big rival was, I, I and then know. I wanted to see, and obviously. If I'm going to pick a team, I was going to obviously pick my dudes over here, the uh, Manchester United. So I was between – I thought Chelsea was their big uh, rival. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to do my little research, <laughs> and then next show I'll uh, tell you who I'm going to root for. Did you do what – No, I'm not going to sit here and claim to be no diehard fan all the no, nowhere. No, just no. And learning the sport and picking someone you, to root you for. You know what? I, I would say uh, if you haven't watched it, watch uh, Welcome to Wrexham. I, I still gotta watch that. I watched the fir- the first season of that. It is it is, 
entertaining and I, it it talks a lot about like moving up through the leagues because that's kind of they're like in the national league i think which is like the lowest tier of the mm. professional leagues and it was really a lot of insight on that and it's a lot of yeah. insight that like how like these clubs are put together and and you know how they're they're tied to the cities it's it's it was a really good show and it's it is entertaining because it's ryan reynolds and uh rob mcclenny so it's yeah uh, from uh, always sunny in philadelphia yeah. so yeah. It, it was really kind of a good show and i'm i'm actually looking forward to watching the next season of it already a conversation for another show just like the frust- frustration of you know trying to keep up with so many different shows on so many different streaming platforms now like streaming was such a cool thing when it first started yeah a conversation for another day but like <laughs> we're trying to catch up on so many other things and then also like work schedules and everything I gotta. I definitely have to watch Welcome to Welcome to Wrexham because I've heard it's a really good show. And, it is. And Jay, as a soccer fan and like a diehard fan, and not even just of Man United, like of the sport of of soccer, of football, like that type of football. All we're asking for from people, just like just like you, that haven't watched it, may have, may have a certain perception of it. Get to know it, learn about what makes the nuances of the sport so special. So in a one nothing game, or a, as they say, one nil game, you know, like, but people are talking about it like it was one of the greatest games of all time, one of the most exciting games of all time. You're like, how could it be? You know, only one goal was scored. Once you kind of learn about the sport, you have a better understanding why games like that are so big, or why they're talked about a lot, and why they mattered so much. Just the understanding. That's all I'm asking for. That's all I'm trying to do by bringing the sport here on the show and doing the stuff with the crunch and just talking about it with other people that haven't dealt with soccer much. All I'm trying to do is just make people aware. That's all I want. Just be aware and like understand why it is such a great sport and that it does have its flaws like people flopping all over the place, which I absolutely hate. Trust me. As a diehard soccer fan, I hate that. Your guys' fans are insane over there. Yeah, <laughs> they're a bunch of crazy people. Well, man. they they talk about I that mean, in the Welcome to Rectum too. Talk crazy, but it's somewhere right down there. They they talk about uh, the whole two things. Hooligan, I really so. like them learning. I love that they call them a squad and not a team. I think mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah, and I like the what is it regulation? How you can't tank pretty much. Yeah, the bottom and three teams go down. Learn, yeah. So the NBA is actually considering doing this now, and if you. I'm glad I started understanding this and thank Emmett mm-hmm. for explaining to us in ESPN. If you want a soccer guy, Kevin's the guy, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think that'd be really cool for the NBA if they would do that where you can't tank because then you'll just go into the G league. You can't just tank for players. You have to try and paying fans deserve for you to try. I will say as like, I would, again, I would love to see it too. I know there, there was people that were, pushing back on that when that report was put on uh put out there on social media this this past week into the weekend um danny cunningham being one of them covering the cleveland but but yes engagement prayers and well wishes i think going to danny cunningham and Brittany mollis for their engagement over the weekend as well um but i will say as as much as i do like the relegation and i agree with you jay um i think that it would be a good thing for american sports um what they do it would be very tough to implement though because things have been done for so long not that not saying you can't change things but that is such a that's such a big change that you'd have to find a way to kind of you know bring it in and get people accustomed to it because that again that's a huge change and a huge adjustment 
with things that have kind of gone a certain way for so long. Um, but it would be be interesting to see if any American sport ever tried to bring in relegation like that because I don't even think the MLS does that even. So even our own American professional league of soccer doesn't do relegation like they do overseas. So, it, you know, the American way of doing sports, you'd have to find a way to bring it in. I, I do agree. But I could go on talking about soccer all night long. Again, it took us over, and I'm sorry for that as well to all those that – uh, deserve our time at home. I am sorry for that, but start talking about soccer. It, it just takes me on a whole new level. But that is going to wrap things up tonight for Always Positive. Jay, I think this was a good show to do that didn't have to deal with the Browns too much but got enough out, out and off of our chest. Thank you for joining, Jay. Go enjoy that lasagna that you made that probably is amazing. For for audio or producer extraordinaire, thank you for all that you do to put this show on and make a sound and look as great as we possibly can. And for all of you that have tuned in, thank you so much for tuning in. We truly love you all, 3,000. I am Kevin Arnold, reminding all of you sports fans out there, as I always do, don't let anyone ever tell you it's just a game. Same thing goes for anything else you're passionate about. Don't let anyone ever tell you you can't do something. Just go do it if you really want and are interested in doing it. And, and don't talk about it. Be about it. And live life all gas, no brakes. We will see you all next week here on the Big Play Network as your Browns, I guess, pregame show next week with a Monday night game. This is the Voice of Land on the Big Play Network.